that's our series text. This is the last message in the series. I'm going to be doing a series, I believe, next week if the Lord allows it, called SOS, Secrets of Success. And we're going to be looking at what it takes to have a successful marriage, successful family. We're going to even look at finances, applying God's principles to those. So that begins next Sunday. Invite someone for that. All right. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And every time I read this text, those two words stand out to me. Eagerly waiting. And are you eagerly waiting for Christ to return? If you're not, before you leave this place today, you need to make that right. You need to... Ask yourself, why am I not eagerly waiting? Why am, not, why am I not expecting him, wanting him to return today? Ask the Lord to help you with that. He'll, he'll give you uh, what you need to be able to look for Christ. Now, our text today, uh, we're, we're dealing with as citizens of heaven. How does that apply to me uh, living on this earth? Because a citizen of heaven, it says we are. Not when we get to heaven, but right now as a child of God. So what does that mean to me right now as a citizen of the U.S.? And we've been looking at that today. A similar, a similar message is going to help us. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. This world has a way, and it's not the right way. And if you're not careful, you're just conform right along with them and act just like everybody else does. It says, do not do that, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So today I want to talk to you just a few moments on the kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your presence being with us. Thank you during worship today. There are people freed from fear. And that spirit has to leave and not return in Jesus' name. I believe you gave many a gift of faith. And Lord, I thank you for that and help them to receive that and walk in that. And no more fear. You are our protector. Lord, you have more for us than against us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Though the weapon forms, it shall not prosper. Lord, when one comes in one way, you'll scatter them and they'll flee seven ways. Lord God, you have more for us. You have an army dispatched. Your presence, your spirit, Lord God, your angels even are performing good work in us. Lord, thank you for that. Now, Lord, speak to us today. Let's pray it together, church. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. My prayer today is for us to be transformed, not to be conformed, but to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit so we no longer would fall into complacency as a Christian. We would no longer be casual Christians, we would no longer be compromising Christians, but we would be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Culture is what the customs of a group of people. One pastor described it as this, and I like this way to define it. Culture is what is normal here, what's normal for us as a group of people. Your, your family has a culture. Some of us, and we don't need to let anybody else know what that culture is. It's your culture, your family has a way of doing things. What's well, normal. Your church has a culture. And Move Church, we, we want to create the culture where God's, everybody's welcome and God's presence can be experienced, man. We, that's what we desire here. And it's faith, family, focus, and fun. I've talked to you on those, and those are our vision values, and that's some of the, the ways to describe the culture that we have here. Uh, in, the, in the South, there's a culture, a distinct culture. Ain't you glad to be in the South? I think it's the greatest place to be on the face of the earth. We know how to eat good food. I had some fried chicken last night. Come on, somebody. We know how to talk around here. <laughs> it's just a good place. If everybody, if, if everybody experienced the Southern culture, there would be a lot of happy people in the world, wouldn't it? It's just a, we have our own culture. When we lived in, in Europe, uh, we, I was on staff at a fabulous church in Waterloo, and that church had up, over 40 nationalities represented in the church. There was a Filipino culture and all kind of different African country cultures. There was French and Flemish and just went on and on. And each service, they translated each service uh, to four to seven different languages. So just a, a fabulous place to be, such a wonderful experience that we had. And in, um, uh, it, it was great until one Sunday morning. Uh, they didn't have air in the church, and most places in Europe do not have air. You really don't need it. But during the summer at times, it can get a little warm, and it was an unusual summer for them, so it got pretty hot for a few weeks. And at the church, they had a bunch of windows, so they just opened up all the windows, but it was still a little warm in the church. And we were in service uh, one Sunday, and I leaned over to Patty, and I said, they must be cooking something. I smell something. They must be having something after church today. And Patty looked at me straight in the eye, and she said, Bobby, that's B-O. And for some cultures, they didn't think deodorant was the norm. Now, I'm so glad <laughs> we have a culture that deodorant is normal for us. Can you, come on, don't raise your hand if you don't, didn't wear any this morning. But I'm glad that is our culture. It, it, it was not normal for some, but it is. So there are some things that set us apart. And Paul is dealing in this scripture about culture. He says, don't conform to, to the pattern of the world, what's normal for the world, their culture. You cannot conform to them. He says, be transformed. And he said, by the renewing of your mind, there's some things that you have to know. God's word will teach us, God's spirit will show us that we cannot act just like the world acts. There has to be a difference. The normal for us cannot be the normal of the world. There's some distinct differences between our culture. Uh, one that I think of just right off the, right off the bat, Jesus said, if, if you're... Um, if you, if you have an enemy, you love them. 
Well, that's not normal for the world. That is countercultural for them. It's different for them. But for us, it should be normal as Christians. And we're going to look at some of those cultural differences today. And look at what Jesus said. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and that's why the world hates you. The world is never going to love your Christian culture. What's normal or should be normal for us is in direct opposition to what they believe. And it should be the same with us. There should be no blending of those cultures. It should be, uh, in other words, let me say it like this. As a Christian, I shouldn't have to wear a Christian t-shirt to say I'm a Christian. I don't have to speak in King James. I don't have to tote a Bible around. It's okay if I do. But those things do not say that I belong to Christ as much as the way I act. What's normal for me. How do I live it out? Not on the pulpit, but in my personal life. How do I respond? What's normal? Not that I, I, I drum it up when somebody's around me trying to impress them, but between me and the Lord, what's normal for me? If I'm at work, do I make sure that I don't take a paper clip that doesn't belong to me? It's not normal for the Christian. If I'm at a restaurant and they overcharge me, I tell them, I let them know, ah, you charge me a little too much for this. But I also, if I'm at a restaurant and they do not charge me enough, I will say, ah, you didn't charge me enough for this. Why? Because it's normal for the Christian to be honest. And I want to please the Lord. I want to live by, by what, what's pleasing to him as a citizen of heaven. I have someone higher to answer to with my life. I don't want to just do what the world does. I want to do what pleases God, pleases heaven, and I know you do too. So we're going to look at some of these cultural differences. We're going to see, are there some of those things that I, I may be conforming to the world in that area? I'm, I may be giving in to what the world does, and the Holy Spirit is going to help us today. Every one of us, he's going to help us if you will allow him to be transformed as a citizen of heaven, a, a different culture from the world. So let's look at some of those kingdom cultural differences. The first one is government. And we live in a democracy, praise God for that, where we choose our leader by the vote. But the kingdom of God is a theocracy. A theocracy is a government where the ruler is a deity, and our ruler is God Almighty. He is the supreme ruler, amen. He was not voted into his position, and he can't be voted out. He does not have to please anyone for his position. He rules, he reigns, he's the ruler of heaven, and he is the ruler of the earth. And that would be a good place for a round of applause. I'm just telling you because we're talking about him. We're going to get Pentecostal before it's over. He rules. He reigns. The scripture says the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Now, that's important for us to know. We have to understand because the king sets the culture. The king establishes the laws of the land and the laws create the culture. So if God is your king, 
then you must live under his law, under his reign. So important for us because we cannot change kingdom culture. Kingdom culture changes us. Let me tell you what I mean by that. So many people like the idea of Christianity and Jesus forgive me of my sins and, and, and the Bible, I run to it when I'm in trouble and Jesus is my homeboy and everything. That's, that's favorable for many people as long as it fits into their culture. As long as it fits into their life, what's normal for me. And if, and if Jesus, if you can squeeze into this little compartment that I have for you and don't make too much of a mess, don't, don't change things, and when I need you, I'll just knock on the door and let you know I need you. And so many people, they're favorable if that's the way it was. But he moves in to take over. It's his kingdom. And we get to be a part of his kingdom. It's his culture. And his spirit conforms us to his culture. And can I tell you, it's wonderful. It's not a hard thing to do. It's a blessing. There's a blessing in your marriage. There's a blessing on your family. There's a blessing... I'm covered, I'm protected. I'd rather live for God than live in any other way. I've tried it before, living for myself, and that got me in a lot of trouble. What about you? And I'd rather live for God obeying him because it's blessings to me. He is the king of his culture, and, and I can be a citizen of his, but I got to do it his way, not my way. So it's a surrender. It's a surrender, your destruction, your death, your 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 uh, bad way of life, your your messing thing. It's a surrender to him, for him to be strong in your life and to bless your life. So, it is a governmental difference. He is the king, and he always will be. And you can be a part if you submit to his kingship. Now, let's look at another cultural difference, and that's behaviors. Human behavior is a sign of culture. It's the way we act. The, it's the foods we eat, even the things we like to do. Uh, I, I was once in New Jersey and uh, in a restaurant, and the waitress asked me what, what I would like to drink. And without hesitancy, I told her, hey, I want some sweet iced tea. Well, she looked at me like I was crazy. And I looked at her back like she was crazy, not knowing that that's what we should be drinking anyway. <laughs> That's the way you drink tea. It's iced and it's sweet. If everyone acted like Southerners, I think I said this a moment ago, the world would be an amazing place. That's what I believe. That's my culture. And there are some definite behaviors that define the culture of the kingdom of God. And in Romans, we see a few of those. Uh, in Romans, uh, there were some Roman believers that new believers that thought it would be wrong to eat food sacrificed to an idol. But there were some other Roman believers that believed it was okay. If you, it, everything is clean, so it would be okay. And Paul is addressing that. He says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, y'all. That's not going to prove that you belong to the kingdom of God. The behaviors that we should have is, look, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You can abstain if you want to abstain, but that doesn't prove that you're a Christian. What's going to prove that you're a Christian is if you, are, if you have righteousness, 
if you have peace, if you have joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the cultural difference. That is the behavior that you should have as a Christian. And it hasn't changed. Now, righteousness, we know that we cannot earn it. The Bible says my righteousness is as filthy rags. And Christ made me righteous. He made you righteous by his gift on the cross. When he died, he became your righteousness. And when you received him as your Savior and Lord, you are righteous before God. Isn't that wonderful? Nothing you can do to earn that. You receive it. Righteousness means I'm in right standing with God. But when I receive that, I receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit within me produces righteousness that I walk out. I'm made righteous already because of Christ. But the Holy Spirit then begins to work in me to conform me, the Bible says, to the image of Christ. So he begins to change me, the way I do things, the, the way I act. He'll, he, he'll speak to me if I do something wrong. He'll say, ah, you can't do that. And that is righteousness. So my right standing with God produces change in my life. And you can say all day long that you're a Christian, but if, there, if there's no life change, you haven't met him. The Spirit of God is not living in you. He changes us. Not that we're a perfect, we'll never be. We're going to struggle along the way. We're going to fall sometimes. But the Holy Spirit is all about changing what's normal for us. When me and Patty first got married, we were Christians, and we knew about the Lord, and we made up our mind we were going to serve the Lord. But we would just go see a movie, and we didn't want to see anything too bad, but it was okay for us to see a rated R movie then. And it could have some bad stuff in it. And we just saw it as, oh, that's just entertainment. You know, that's just. Well, then but the Holy Spirit began to speak to us and said, you don't need to be watching this. You don't need, this doesn't need to come into your spirit. So we ended up going to a couple of movies that we had to walk out of. Because the Holy, not because we're special, not because we're trying to prove anything to anybody. The Holy Spirit in us was grieved. And we had made up our mind that we wanted to please him more than we wanted to please our flesh. So we had to get up and walk out of the couple of movies. We said, okay, we can't do that. And then we would try to go see a PG-13 movie. And then we realized, well, there's just a lot of cussing in that movie. And the Holy Spirit, again, would be grieved. And we would have to get up and walk out of that movie. So we went for years not seeing, there's not a lot of movies that me and her see today. We look it up and we count the cuss words. And if you want to know for us, it's three. If it has over three cuss words, and it depends on those cuss words. And if it has over three, we don't go see the movie. I mean, if it has three and a half, we don't want to see the movie. Well, Pastor, why, why would you, why would you uh, do it for three? Well, okay, that's just where we felt like this is, it, and again, it depends on those words. We just want to please the Lord. Now, maybe the Lord will let you go see anything you want, okay? Well, enjoy. But for us, we know that the Lord is not pleased with all of that filth. So because we want to please God, you see, it just changes the way we are. Not that we're better than anybody else. It's just we want to please the Lord. That's righteousness. And because of that, we have peace. Oh, the peace of God is wonderful. When you know, like Sarah saying earlier, that you're my protector, when you know the Lord is just covering you no matter where you go, 
I, I, I understand. The Lord has laid his hand on me. And I'm, again, I'm not no special than you. He, he does the same for you when you want to please him. And wherever I go, I'm just covered. I, I am, as the psalmist says, I'm hemmed in. If I go up forward, he's there. If I step back, he's there. He's all around me. And, and again, it's just because I understand. I have his righteousness, and I want to please him. So I, I have this peace knowing that God is with me wherever I go. And the same, again, can be for you. And then there's joy with that. Man, it's so good to have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And for the Christian, the worst thing that could happen to a person on this face of the earth would be to die. But for the Christian, we get to be with the Lord forever. There's just joy. See, the world doesn't understand that. That's not a normal for the world. That is, that is not the way the world thinks, but that should be normal for us as Christians, right? That we live different because we belong to God. And his spirit is working different, a different kind of life in us. So if you're taking notes, don't conform to the world's behavior, but be transformed by knowing the right behavior of a citizen of heaven. It is knowing that Hey, I'm righteous in Christ, and I can walk out, live out righteousness. I have peace, and I can have joy. So I don't have to live like the world. And we have to be reminded of that. We have to be reminded, many of us, man, we have to be reminded daily that I can have peace today. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in worry. God's got me covered. Let me give you the third one, a third cultural difference, and that's, Currency, currency, different countries, uh, cultures have different currencies. And, and while in Belgium, I, I done the bookkeeping for the church, some of the bookkeeping for the church there. And that was quite an experience because we would have euros, we would have American dollars given in the offering, we would have uh, old French money, francs, given in the offering. And then we would have pounds, the UK currency, pounds. And the thing that, and, and some other money that I, I had no clue what country it was from. And the, and the thing about currency, that currency had a different exchange rate that changed daily. It was quite an experience. When we went, we had to cash in American dollars to get euros. And an average, it was $1.50 American money for one euro. That's sort of sad, isn't it? And um, so, but we had to have euros if we wanted to buy. Can I tell you, in heaven there is a currency that you have to have if you want to receive from heaven. And the scripture gives that to, uh, to us. As a matter of fact, I'll give it to you in a statement. The currency of the kingdom of heaven is faith. You got to have faith to receive from heaven. Jesus said it. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive, if you'll read this with me, if you have faith. Your salvation begins in faith. As you live for God, you got to walk in faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And you got to finish in faith. As Paul said, I have fought the good fight, fight, I have kept the faith. And are you, is this one of the areas that maybe you're, you're conforming to and, 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 and the world doesn't have faith, it doesn't understand faith, it has fear. 
That's the currency of the devil. And are, do you see that you are losing your faith? Satan wants to steal your faith. And he's doing it to so many people this day and time. I'm telling you, so many people are losing their faith. Satan is still in their faith. Again, I'm giving you a lot of stories from our, our different cultures that we experienced. And when you're traveling to a, a foreign country or really in, in any large city, uh, men, you need to put your wallet into your front pocket because they're professional pocket pickers. They will get your wallet with you looking at it. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you. And we knew of somebody that was riding a subway in Paris. And those, if you've ever been in a subway in a large city, I mean, it is violating. There are people pressed up against you in every direction. It's very uncomfortable for us Southern folks. I mean, we love you, but that's the space here, you know. And um, this person had his wallet in the front pocket and got off the subway, and his wallet was gone when he got off the subway. That's good. That's a good thief, a talented thief. And I told you that story to let you know Satan is a talented thief. He wants to steal your faith. He wants to take it from you where you quit believing, where you quit uh, trusting, where you quit having hope. He wants you to be reduced to no faith. If he can't take it all, he wants to definitely reduce it down to little faith. I mean, but I got some good news for you today, bad news for him. It doesn't take a lot of faith, the scripture says. You can be down to a few coins of faith. It's what I would call it. Look, this is the way Jesus said it. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. So what the kingdom of heaven is teaching us, it just takes some little faith. Now, God ain't going to be satisfied if you just keep that little faith. It's supposed to grow. But just use the faith that God is, is, the, is the lesson here. What faith you have, put it into practice today, and it will grow, and God will honor that. Now, I think this is an area that many of us are going to have to ask the Lord to help us in today because, again, some of us, have we've allowed Satan to steal our faith, or it's been reduced down, and it's time to use your faith again. Put it back into God again. Trust in him again and see what he will do for you. Let me give you the last one. We're going to pray. Laws. Laws. Laws uh, define a culture. I've already given a message about kingdom law, so I won't spend much time. I just want to mention one law of the kingdom as we close out this morning and to set that up. Again, I like stories. It helps me to remember things. And, and while we were in there, I had the privilege of being able to drive in England. Now, that was quite an experience, can I tell you. And if you don't know this, but in England, they drive on the left side of the road, which we would say is the wrong way to drive, that we drive on the right side. We know the right way to drive. They would argue with that, but we invented the car. <laughs> if you're watching from England, we love you. But anyway, I was, I was so, I, what made it hard for me, I was driving an American car in, on their roads. 
So it was, it was, it was a challenge. It really was. And I don't think Patty has yet to recover from me driving in Europe. She would clench her jaw so bad they would cramp. I mean, she would grit her teeth, gnash her teeth. And, uh, in, and the roundabouts, they have a lot of roundabouts. So normally you would go into a roundabout to the, uh, to the right side. In England, you, I had to remember, you've got to go in the left side. And when you come out of that roundabout, you better still be on the left side of the road. Well, why am I telling you all of this? Well, all of my training, all of my years of driving, I was, in America, we know which way to drive. But in England, if I want to travel in that country, I travel the way they say is right. Their laws, I abide by them. If I want to have freedom, if I want to be able to enjoy some rights there, if I want to be able to get on down the road, I need to do it the way they say. Well, this kingdom law is very similar, that if we want to experience heaven, if we want the, the, the blessings of God on our life, there's a law that we need to abide by, and we find it in Romans 13, and it helps us to fulfill all the other laws. You might could already guess it. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has what? Fulfilled the law. Now, what law is he talking about? He goes on to say, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. So if I have love, love for God first, as a matter of fact, I can't even have love for God until he gives me his love. I receive love from him, then I'm able to return his love to him. And then I'm able to love others with the love he's given me in my heart. Now just because he gave it to me don't mean I have to use it. I see a lot of Christians who say that they have Christ in their heart, but it seems like they're not using the love he gave them. What do you mean, Pastor? Uh, Facebook exposes a lot of things, and we got to be very careful. Because if we say we love God, that means we have his love in our heart. And when I have love for God, which is the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says the second is like it. If I have that one, I have the second law, to love your neighbor as yourself. And with God's love, I have that ability. I just have to use it. Now, in all of these cultural differences, can I be honest with you? This is probably the one I'm challenged with a lot. <laughs> I have to be reminded, wait a minute. I have God's love in my heart. I can use that love right now. As a matter of fact, I need to use that love. Value size that love right now, Lord, because I need to use some of it. Anybody, anybody like that? Because if I'm not careful, I'll just conform to what my flesh wants to do. 
and I have to be reminded, wait a minute, I can't act that way. That's normal for my flesh. I have to be transformed to act different. What's normal for the Christian? The normal thing for the Christian is to have love and to use God's love he's already given us to show it to others. Sometimes we have to wait. We have to hesitate. Wait a minute, let me think about this. I can go over there and slap their face. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or I can allow the Holy Spirit to help me and do what's normal as a citizen of heaven. Faith, let me give you this statement. Faith may be the currency of heaven, but love is the language of heaven. Jesus said, hey, you want people to know how you belong to me? Not about that T-shirt or that bumper sticker or how many times you can say I'm blessed and highly favored. It is by your love one for another. That's the way people know we belong to him. That's the way they know we belong to heaven. Amen? Would you stand? And I'll read this last scripture. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. This is what I feel heaven hears. This is what they hear if I, if I do good things in the name of Christianity, but I'm not speaking the language of heaven, which is love. In heaven, they hear just some noise. If I, it goes on to say, if I have a gift of prophecy, or excuse me, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have a faith that can move mountains, preacher, pray for me. You got some faith. Prophesy over me. Tell me. But if I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And again, this is, when I ask about the ways that we need to look at some cultural differences, the ways that we either are conforming or we're being transformed, maybe for you, you can say like me, oh, this is the one I need the Holy Spirit to help me more on. Because it's easy for me to just conform into what I want and the flesh wants and what they deserve. And the Holy Spirit is faithful to help us. I'm so thankful. And he closes it out, this love part of 1 Corinthians 13, and he tells us, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And if I ask you without reading this verse, many of us will say, well, faith is the greatest. You got to have faith. Without faith, you can't please the Lord. That's what the scripture says. Or we would say hope. Man, hope is so important. If you don't have hope, you don't even have anything to live for. It's so important. But what's the greatest? Love. And love for God gives you everything else. And we want to start there. We want to make sure that we have love for God. And that has to be given by him to receive his love in our heart. And we're able to give it back. 
And I believe today quite a few of us need to have love for others too, that the Lord is going to help us with that. Not to conform, but to be transformed with God's love. Will you bow your head just for a moment? Let me say this as we're fixing to pray. If you're watching online, hang with us. The Lord's going to touch your life. I believe that. If I'm a foreigner into a country, if I wanted to come to the U.S. and I was a foreigner, I would have to have a green card. That would be another word, another name for that is a, um, a resident card, a permanent resident card. And I would have to show that as a proof that I have a, a permission to be here. And if I want to become a citizen of the U.S., I'd even have to go through classes, quite an ordeal. And I'd have to learn to read, write, and speak English, basic English. I would have to learn that to become a U.S. citizen. Well, I'm mentioning that because, again, we're talking about culture. There's a different culture in heaven that if you want to be a citizen of heaven, you've got to have a white card. Now, not figuratively a white card. And that says, my sins have been forgiven. By the blood of Jesus, they have been washed. The Bible says, he will wash you white as snow. Salvation is first. God washes us. That's what we're fixing to do. I believe the Holy Spirit is He's fixing to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. If, if, he's, if he's stirring your heart right now, that's the way we say it. You, you just feel just a little bit of a, a, maybe you would say a little nervousness. Maybe it's a little anticipation. It's maybe both. That's the Holy Spirit loving on you. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to move in. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And he wants to move in to give you new life. And again, if you're watching this now or watching this later, if the Holy Spirit is doing that to your heart, that's your invitation to allow him to come in. And he will wash you clean. That's salvation. That's the beginning. But then, to be a citizen of heaven, you can't stop there. You've got to learn to speak the language. And that's the language of love. And the Holy Spirit will do that in your life. We're going to pray right now for salvation. If you, are, if you don't know the Lord or if you're away from God, church, would you pray this with me? We can help them to come to God, to have, have uh, occupancy in the citizen, as a citizen of heaven. Let's pray it. Heavenly Father, would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Heads bowed just for a moment. And even if you're at home and you say, Pastor, I needed that today. I needed that prayer. I needed to ask the Lord to forgive me. You know, asking for forgiveness, repenting is a sign of spiritual growth. And if you're going to grow spiritually, you're going to repent a lot. <laughs> okay? So if you say, that was my prayer today, would you raise your hand? I needed that today. Yes, yes, thank you, Lord. Anyone else? The Lord heard your prayer today if you meant it from your heart. There's no shame in that. He's God, I was doing it wrong. I'm going to do it your way now. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Bless that person, Lord God. I saw one person, Lord. I pray you would strengthen them. God, I pray you would help them. I pray you would fill them with your spirit. And Lord, I pray you would perfect love inside of them. In Jesus' name. And let me pray 
One other prayer before I do the blessing. How many of you say there's an area that I need to work on? Maybe for me it's my currency, maybe the faith. I'm let Satan steal that. Maybe it's the righteousness, peace, and joy. I need the Lord to help me with that. Maybe it's the government. I need to be able to submit better to God's way and not my own way. Maybe it's this love. God, you need to, I need to help. I need you to help me to be able to speak that language. If you have an area that the Holy Spirit has shown you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Lord God, I think it's more of us that need to raise our hand, but that's okay. You're working in hearts. And those that are raising their hands, I pray you would help them in that area. Holy Spirit, I'm so thankful that you work in us to conform us to the likeness of Christ. And when you conform us to his likeness, we're transformed. And I pray you would do that. Let them hear from you. Give them the strength to be able to make that change in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is so faithful to us. And I'm so glad you're here today. I really are. Would, uh, M, would you invite someone to come next Sunday? Somebody's looking for a church. Next Sunday, if the Lord still permits, I'm going to be starting a series called SOS. Anybody need some help in their marriage? Anybody need some help with their kids? Anybody need some help in finances? We're going to be looking at God's Word for that help. SOS is Secrets of Success. Invite somebody with you. We believe God's going to touch their life. Amen. If you have questions about lead, you can meet me right up front. We'll have a little brief meeting, and I'll answer your questions about that. Look, that starts this Wednesday. So excited about that. Let me bless you. Raise your hand. Let's get blessed. Lord, we thank you for blessing us. We pray you would continue Bless us. Enlarge our territory. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you. Now, Lord, and protect us from the enemy, from temptation, from sin, from sickness, from COVID. Lord, touch those that are sick today. Heal their bodies. I know you are. You did it for Jabez. Lord, you'll do it for us. We know you will, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.